48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Pandemocrats say the government has the responsibility to step in over the deadlocked extradition committee. League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng is found guilty of incitement. And the Consumer Council warns of a serious problem with domestic helper matching agencies. Pan-Democrat lawmakers are criticising the government for refusing to intervene in the deadlock in LegCo over the extradition bill. The committee vetting the bill has so far failed to achieve anything due to conflict between the pro-government and opposition camps. The government has said the bill needs to be handled urgently so a local suspect can be extradited to Taiwan for a murder trial. Lawmaker Charles Monk dismissed government comments that the deadlock was a legislative dispute. He said it was the government with the power to amend or withdraw the bill. The government who started the whole mess must come out and really tell us that whether or not they are willing to listen to what we are saying, which is basically to handle the Taiwan case individually, separately, and then take a bit of time, sit down with us to take a look at the whole arrangement for extradition, but not trying to push it through before July, which is apparently still what the government is trying to do. However, Liberal Party leader Felix Chong says now isn't the right time for the government to intervene. He said once the dispute over the bills committee is resolved, then the government can step in to resolve, to, sorry, to respond to questions over its extradition proposals. But he agreed to talks with pan-democrats to resolve the deadlock and said such a meeting could take place very soon. The earliest time can be today but I do not have the exact confirmation from them yet. Of course, it should be done as soon as possible. And if that can be done within today, that will be a very good sign for everybody. If I'm invited, I will be very happy to join. Three Canadian MPs have issued a joint statement to warn of the dangers of the proposed new extradition arrangements. Garnet Genius, David Anderson and Harold Olbrecht from the Conservative Party said it would allow for the extradition of pro-democracy activists, journalists, dissidents, businessmen and foreign nationals. They said it was a worrying development and urged Canada to look at what it means for Canadian citizens who live in or travel to Hong Kong. In other news, the League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng has been found guilty of two counts of inciting others to take part in an unlawful assembly from when he protested outside Beijing's liaison office in Western in November 2016. Cecil Wong has the story. Mr. Ng is one of seven activists charged over their involvement in the rally when they protested against Beijing's plan to interpret the basic law over officials' oath-taking. The West Kowloon Magistracy heard that Mr. Ng had twice encouraged demonstrators to climb over barricades and challenge a police cordon outside the liaison office. Magistrate Peony Wong said Mr. Ng must have known protesters would be obstructed by police if they followed his call and that it would result in violence. In passing down the guilty verdict, she said Mr. Ng ignored police warnings and disrupted social peace. And officers and journalists in the incidents could have felt threatened. The Consumer Council says serious improvement is needed among agencies that match foreign domestic helpers with families. The council said they get around 200 complaints a year about such companies, with the most serious alleging deliberate misleading about helpers' skills and language abilities. The council, however, said the complaints are so diverse that even after its intervention, it could not be satisfactorily resolved. Council Chief Executive Gilly Wong says it's an ongoing problem. We also um, understand the um, Labor Department has already issued a code for um, the employment agencies to follow, but it seems like um, the compliance of those codes is not um, 
as good as we want it to be. So we believe that employment agencies still have a lot of room to improve. And also from the enforcement side, um, that will require probably more stringent enforcement um, to ensure that the employment agencies are accountable for what they are um, delivering right now. Separately, the Consumer Council says just two of the 15 extension sockets with USB charging ports it tested complied with all its safety requirements. The Council found numerous flaws with construction quality and protection against electric shocks. Nora Tam is the chairwoman of the Council's Research and Testing Committee. One model in particular failed to comply with the requirements of the electrical product safety regulations in various ways, such as there was no fuel overcurrent protection, the rated current was only 10 ampere, lower than the statutory requirement of 13 ampere, and the insulation and conductor across sectional area of the power supply cord fell short of the standard medium statutory requirement for the 13A extension sockets. Upon notification by the council, the EMSD conduct an inspection and notify the public to stop using the product, as well as two other USB extension models of similar design of the same brand. Turning overseas and the British government says it will reintroduce its EU withdrawal deal agreed by the Prime Minister Theresa May in the first week of June. The deal has already been defeated by Parliament three times. Mrs May has been holding talks with Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the opposition Labour Party, in an attempt to find a cross-party compromise on the Brexit deal. Here's the BBC's Ian Watson. Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn met face to face, but didn't see eye to eye. A Labour spokesman said that Mr Corbyn had asked for further movement from the government. He wants to see a comprehensive customs union with the EU and doesn't feel the government has made enough progress towards this position. And the Labour leader questioned the Prime Minister's ability to deliver on any compromise agreement in any case, as she's under pressure from some in her own party to clarify when she'll leave office. Mrs May made clear her determination to take Britain out of the EU in July at the latest. In the United States, Alabama's state Senate has approved a bill that would outlaw nearly all abortions. Here's the BBC's Ali McBool. The bill passed here in Alabama makes abortion illegal at any stage of pregnancy. There is an exception for when a mother's life's at serious risk, but there are no other exemptions, even in circumstances of rape or incest. Any doctor who carries out an abortion in the state now risks a prison sentence of 99 years. While opponents say they will challenge the legislation, that's precisely what Republicans behind the bill say they want, hoping it'll be taken up by a Supreme Court that's become far more conservative under Donald Trump and trigger moves that could lead to abortion being banned across this country. San Francisco has become the first US city to ban the use of facial recognition technology by police and other agencies. The Stop Secretive Surveillance Act will mean that city departments will need to seek approval for other surveillance measures. Here's a BBC's Dave Lee. It's undoubtedly symbolic that this ban has been set down in the heart of the US technology industry. It means public agencies in San Francisco are not allowed to use facial recognition at all. And from now on, any type of new surveillance technology must be approved by city administrators. The ban won't apply to the city's air or seaports as they are run by federal agencies, not local. Those in favour of this move said the technology as it exists today is unreliable. 
A Japanese lawmaker has been expelled by his party for suggesting that the only way to regain control of a group of disputed islands from Russia is to wage war. The Soviet Union took control of the Kurils, known as the Northern Territories in Japan, at the end of the Second World War. Here's the BBC's Will Leonardo. Hodaka Mariyama travelled to the disputed islands with a group including former Japanese residents who had left when the war came to a close. Apparently drunk, the MP from the right-wing Japan Innovation Party asked the group's spokesman whether he would support taking the islands back by force if Russia descended into chaos. He said they wouldn't be returned otherwise. Mr. Mariyama has since apologised. Japan and Russia have been holding talks to end the territorial dispute that has seen them remain in a nominal state of war for over six decades. The Tokyo government has called the incident extremely regrettable and has vowed to resolve the dispute through peace. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has told the US Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, that he'd welcome a meeting with President Trump. Speaking during talks in the Russian Black Sea resort of Sochi, Mr Putin told Mr Pompeo he hoped full relations between Moscow and Washington would be restored. As you know, very recently, a few days ago, I had the pleasure of talking with the President of the United States on the telephone. I got the impression that the president was in the mood to restore Russian-American ties and contacts. For a part, we always said that we also would like to restore the relationship in a full-scale format. I hope that the necessary conditions for this are now being created. However, continuing differences between the two countries were clear at an earlier joint news conference between Mr Pompeo and Mr Lavrov when the two clashed on subjects including Iran, Venezuela and Ukraine. Mr Lavrov expressed the hope that the controversy over what he said were fake allegations of Russian meddling in US elections would die down. We agreed on the importance of restoring communication channels. Recently, these channels have been frozen due to a wave of unfounded accusations that we influenced the outcome of the American election, and even of some kind of collusion between us and high-ranking US officials. It's clear that such insinuations are absolute fiction. A Pakistani man who claimed asylum in Britain on account of his humanist beliefs has finally been given the leave to remain after the intervention of hundreds of philosophers. The BBC's John McManus takes up the story. Hamza bin Waliat says that he received death threats from members of his family in Pakistan after moving to Britain and deciding to act on his long-held humanist beliefs. Apostasy is a serious issue in Pakistan and can often lead to harassment and death for Muslims accused of leaving Islam. Hamza's application for asylum was rejected by the British government in 2017 because he failed to correctly answer a question about the philosophers Plato and Aristotle. An open letter by more than a hundred philosophers pointed out that there was no evidence to think that either of the ancient Greek thinkers was a humanist. The United Nations says Houthi forces have pulled out of three key ports on the west coast of Yemen in partial implementation of a peace deal agreed six months ago. The BBC's at least Doucette has been following the story. These three ports are a lifeline for a war-torn nation on the brink of famine. The UN's monitoring committee welcomed the cooperation, which led to the ports being handed over to the Coast Guard. But the UN said there was a lot more work ahead, including the removal of trenches, barriers and landmines. The pullout is viewed far more sceptically by Yemenis who accuse the Houthis of just leaving fighters behind, dressed in Coast Guard uniforms. 
A painting by the French Impressionist Claude Monet has sold at auction in New York for more than 110 million US dollars, the highest price ever paid for one of his works. The painting, from his Haystacks series, depicts stacks of grain casting long shadows in the glow of the sun. The unidentified buyer paid 44 times the price paid for the painting when it was changed hands in 1986. Currencies now, and the US dollar is trading at 109.64 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar 12 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,332, 214 points up on the previous close, turnover was $50 billion. And now, with a look at the latest sports news, here's Adam Jerome. An impressive shooting display by the Golden State Warriors saw the reigning NBA champions take Game 1 of their Western Conference Finals series against the Portland Trailblazers. Steph Curry made nine three-pointers for 36 points in a 116-94 Warriors win. Clay Thompson added 26 points. The Warriors may have their shots including a 51% success rate from three-point range. In other NBA news, the New Orleans Pelicans have won the lottery and the right to pick first in the upcoming entry draft. They defy the odds to do it, having entered the lottery with a 6% chance of getting the top pick. They're expected to take the Duke star Zion Williamson when the draft takes place on June 20th. It's a chance for the Pelicans to improve quickly after a season in which their star Anthony Davis said he wants to leave. The Memphis Grizzlies will pick second, followed by the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers. On the ice, the Boston Bruins are one win away from reaching the Stanley Cup final. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes 2-1 to take a commanding 3-0 lead in the NHL's Eastern Conference Final. The Bruins have won six straight games in the postseason for the first time since 1978. They're one win away from a third Cup final appearance in nine years. On to football now, the Atletico Madrid striker Antoine Griezmann says he's leaving the Spanish club at the end of the season. It's believed that Barcelona have agreed to buy out the clause in Griezmann's contract of 135 million US dollars. The French World Cup winner joined Atletico from Real Sociedad five years ago. He signed a new five-year extension with Atletico last June. Ernest Masia of Radio Catalunya says the player has since had a change of heart. In Atletico de Madrid and even in FC Barcelona, more or less everybody knows that he will be he would be happy to leave Atletico by the end of the season. What's a big surprise, what came as a big surprise, is that he decided it today because his clause changes on the first of July, July the first. So why has it happened now? Probably it's because Atletico de Madrid needs to make a move if he wants to leave and try to sign uh, a good replacement for him. Aston Villa are one win away from a return to the English Premier League. They're into the championship playoff final after getting past West Bromwich Albion on penalties. West Brom won the second leg of the semi-final 1-0 at home to level the tie at 2-all. Then it finished 4-3 on penalties for Villa. They'll play Leeds or Derby County. Leeds hold a 1-0 advantage ahead of tonight's home leg at Ellen Road. The final takes place at Wembley on the 27th of May. And that's your look at sports. And that's the latest news from RTHK.